0: Welcome to On 2's. This is a podcast where we break down animated movies, and here in Season 2, we are breaking down Pixar movies specifically. This week's episode is Onward. I'm Lucas Acida. Sitting across from me...
1: Uh, Nathan Talon.
0: Nate, let's talk Onward.
1: Yeah, this is is an interesting episode. It's our first uh, movie that we will have done twice... On the show,
0: yeah, that's interesting. So we gotta we gotta mix up the takes, mm-hmm.
1: but it's it, it. I feel like it would be an interesting listening experience if you heard our take before and now this is the rewatch, kind of going back in with after. Well wow, two years now. <laughs> it's been taking us to get through the Pixar movies.
0: No kidding, man. What the heck? This is full there, circle.
1: there was a pandemic that happened and all that stuff. So but that's just easy thing to that's the easy scapegoat to use at this point. You know but. what's
0: funny? People ask me about some episodes in season one
1: and I almost forget sometimes. I'm like Oh, yeah. Yep, we mm-hmm. did do that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll, uh, before the next season, I'll for sure have to go back and look and uh, see what we actually there, did. I
0: swear to God, there was one that I was real excited for, and I won't name which one it was. And then I'm like, oh, shit, we already did that one. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was just one of those spur of the moments where I wasn't thinking at all. Mm-hmm. And you can tell where my mindset was. Uh, and I said, oh, man, we should do... Oh, shit, we already did it. Mm-hmm.
1: We, there's... I already got some cooking, though.
0: Oh, yeah. And well, at this point, you know, after going through all the Pixar stuff, although, honestly, that could have been season one just because this is how this all started was us talking yeah. about Pixar movies, yeah. so it only makes sense. But, um, yeah, I don't, I'm I'm sure both of us are already thinking of tons of mm-hmm. other things that we'd like to do outside Well of Well,
1: it's interesting because, like, even the first season – even though I'm, like, very happy with it and, you know, glad that we had those discussions as well. But it was kind of like a pilot season. It was like, all right, let's try out this idea that we have. And then we go into kind of what gave us this idea in the first place, which is talking through all the Pixar movies. Um, but now we're coming to a close. Now, after Onward, we have three left before Lightyear, and we'll kind of have Lightyear as the finale of it all. But, um yeah, I mean, overall, like, watching this again, I still... Um, appreciate this movie a lot uh it like we kind of prefaced a little bit it was released a couple weeks before everything kind of locked down so this was actually the first pixar movie to release in terms of digital download while it was still technically in theaters Mm -hmm. um so and it also underperformed at the box office Uh, but we i don't they never released like digital download purchases and stuff like that so um, I mean, Trolls did crazy numbers with that, so who knows how it turned out for that. But um, interesting because it's when you read the Wikipedia thing, it puts it right next to Good Dinosaur as the only other Pixar underperforming movie in the box office. Really? And I do not think it deserves to be alongside that. But um, overall, I mean, we've already kind of touched on this even in the first one. My opinion hasn't really changed too much, but... Um, As we'll get into, I think that they just, once again, you get a nice, beautiful, interesting world, interesting concept, interesting rules, um, of course, heartwarming, uh, relationships and things like that, that most people can relate to in some facet. And I think that they really nail the third act of this movie, um, where it's like you get the fun little adventure in the first two, um. And honestly, I think as the movie goes on, it gets better because I think it starts off kind of rocky where it starts off almost like you've seen this movie before Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, But as soon as the adventure kind of kicks off, I feel like it starts to find its footing slowly but surely. And then by the time it completely finds it, it, it's ready to, you know, knock it out of the park. And I think it does. I think they really stick the landing on this one for sure. And I think that's just a testament to the storytellers at Pixar, to be honest with you, because they always seem to nail the ending. So.
0: Yeah, I honestly, I think I, I mirror you in that way that I think that in general, this is a pretty enjoyable movie, but you know, beats that we've seen and felt before, um, for two thirds of it. And then it really finds its groove and really just the ending's really moving in the sense that uh, I would say it's like in my head, you know, you think like, yeah, this is a solid three star, you know, movie of brothers and all that stuff um and then there's all of a sudden you know you find yourself in the third act and it's like oh my gosh and it is that thing where it's like a tear starts flowing and you're like oh my gosh they did it again they did it again um which is not to say that the first you know it's not bad at all it just goes from good to like oh this is great yeah um and it is just an example one of those things is you know Uh, The last thing you see in the movie is really great. So you walk out of the theater and you're like, oh, man, they really stuck the land. That was great. You know, when in reality, it's like most of it, you know, is really solid. Um, How do you feel about uh, some of the performances? And, you know, I remember you had asked me even watching it a second time or I guess this is my third time watching, Mm -hmm. but. Um, about Chris Pratt and that brother role. I mean, through a second viewing, do you have any different feelings in terms of the performances? Honestly,
1: I think everyone does a great job. I think Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, you can obviously see that they have chemistry together, and I think it's interesting because they actually recorded in the same room, and I think that comes across, and I think that was almost necessary for this movie. The main thing that I would say is, um, like, even uh, is it... I, I don't know if it's Julie or Julia. I always forget. Julia Louise dreyfus mm-hmm. Seinfeld fame, Veep fame. Uh, she plays the mom, and I think she's great as that character. Octavia Spencer is great as that character. I just think that every character besides the brothers are a little bit lacking compared mm-hmm. to most Pixar movies where the side characters really stick out. Um, where it's like almost, it's and it's such a weird thing to say, but it's almost like the legs mm-hmm have more character than everyone, all the other side characters.
0: Yeah, they're carrying a lot of weight in this one, for sure.
1: So it's like, but I think that the brothers are great. I think those are great Pixar characters. Um, And uh, so overall, I think just the performances are great. I just saw like people talk about it um, in terms of like, because it is kind of like a character that you may see someone like Jack Black play and everyone loves Jack Black. So they're just like, oh, I want to see Jack Black in a Pixar movie. That would have been perfect. But honestly, I do think Chris Pratt nails it. I think the way he kind of sells that, um, uh, like, it's you can tell that he's kind of sad, especially at the beginning, that he doesn't have the magic, but he, you can also tell that he's very sincere in the excitement that he has that his brother, and maybe a little bit too much because it's so clear that he wants to be a part of it in that way, too, that he's kind of overstepping, but that happens a lot when people, when someone's trying out your passions or doing your like, trying to kind of enter your own world, you want to kind of hop onto that. Um, And one thing, though, um, is that I think that he just nails, like, every time he kind of goes into that old-timey speak, Mm -hmm. I think he nails it, too. That's why it's, like, I think he's... I think both of them are perfect for it. Even though it's, like, I feel bad, because it's, like, it's such a layup for Tom Holland, because this is, like, this is his character that he Mm -hmm. strives at. But it's, like, I mean... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. He kind of nails it. And it's always funny because you can tell that they pretty much were just like, hey, uh, we know you're British, but just do the Spider-Man voice, please. And he's like, okay, I'll do the Spider-Man voice again. (laughs) (laughs) This man's never going to be able to use his British accent again in a movie.
0: No kidding. Um, I I guess when I think about the relationships with the brothers, um, I don't know, it's just one of those things where it's like, Again, and it might be repeating, but it's one of those things where uh, I think you're right uh, in terms of them being in the same room. It's like you definitely feel that. And, you know, it, not to say that the other Pixar movies don't have that sort of connection, because mm-hmm. it's like I would say that a lot of them feel that way. Sure. Um, but it is kind of funny, like in the sense that, you know, some of these characters are in the same room as others. And it's just like whenever these two are in the same room, it's just electric. And mm-hmm. it's funny how. Uh, I don't know. I just feel that way. Uh, I think we all can relate to that in real life in the sense where it's like, yeah, you know, uh, I would consider myself energetic. But when your buddy or, you know, that longtime person, you know, for forever walks in, it's just a different thing. Yeah. And, you know, for them to capture that in this, I think they they really nailed that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the one thing it's funny uh, and it's just kind of everyday life uh, being attached to my opinion on the movie, but. It's been so long since we played d and D. I couldn't help, but it was like a cloud was over this viewing just because this is an entire world of fantasy and magic. And, man, it's tough even just seeing them play the game that they're using to try and solve, you know, where um, the phoenix gem. gem is, you know. Um, it just hurt hurt a little extra. Uh, I guess I'm curious as a DM, you know, how'd you feel on that aspect of things?
1: Well, I I really like that. You can totally tell that it's like these people involved. At least someone in the creative uh, team, probably multiple people, are fantasy fans or D and D fans because they do. And that's why I think that overall, this was never. And you know, who knows? I don't want to say anything, but it's like this is just clearly it's like a fun fantasy adventure movie that really comes together at the end because it's like. They really are hitting a lot of the tropes, of course, in a fun Pixar way. Like when they go to the tavern and it ends up being like a Chuck E. Cheese style thing. It's like, okay, that's funny. Um, but, I mean, just seeing all the fantasy stuff, it's like, yeah, man, it's great. Quests. I'm, ever since I was a kid, I was all about fantasy. So just having um, Pixar kind of play in that world a little bit. which sure. Even like the spells and stuff look awesome. I think how they all play out are pretty cool. Um, but... Like, even seeing, like, the gelatinous cube and, yeah, like you said, his game. He's got D20s everywhere, all of his patches and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, man, it just makes you miss certain things. And honestly, gave me, like, it's like, that would be kind of cool to do, like, a modern... Uh, fantasy sort of world for a ca- like make maybe like a smaller campaign, do something that's uh, kind of more modern, but mm. modern in quotes, because uh, Bright fumbled the bag heavy with that, because I think that's a, such a cool concept, and I'm glad that this kind of is like that sort of thing except of course it's family friendly and that st- type of stuff but it's like I like the idea of it being a little bit more no it's like imagine the real world except there was magic still and mm. there was you know all these different fantasy races and things like that um, but I was like there was a game back in the day called um, Shadow run that originally was kind of like an RPG but then became when I first played it it was like a shooter but it was kind of that thing where it's like a modern. Fantasy where there's elves and orcs, but they're using guns and stuff like that. And ever since that, I was a, I like love that idea. Sure. So when I saw this trailer for the first time, I was like, okay, here we go. But of course, I know that it's going to kind of be, it's not going to go to the places that I necessarily want it to go. Um, but overall, I mean, in terms of setting and appealing to the the D and D nerd and the fantasy nerd within me, I mean, they checked off a lot of boxes in this movie, and I'm glad that they made like some overt references in terms of like the gelatinous cube and things like that. Cause it's like an iconic D and D monster that you can fight. Um, I wonder if they had to uh, clear it with, cause they're just calling it gelatinous cube and that's what it's called as well. in D and D. So I wonder if they had to clear anything with that um, or how any of that works since it's kind of like, I don't know, like whether it's cause it's not, I don't know, but I, I do appreciate that. You can tell that there was some, there's some D and D love for sure on the team working on this movie. And I feel like there has to be,
0: you know, I guess the only thing I could think about when we were watching is, you know, we watched on your OLED mm-hmm. and coming off of toy story four, which is maybe the best looking animated thing. I feel like I've ever seen. Um, I liked that. They went in a different direction in terms of the look, you know, it doesn't necessarily look super realistic. You know, they, it's interesting because I say that, but at the same time, there's like little things like his dad's hoodie that he wears at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, every time I look at that, I'm like, Hey, damn, that looks soft as hell. Mm-hmm. Let me wear that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think about, I've had that type of hoodie throughout my whole life. And it's like, as soon as he put it on, it's like, that's so weird. How good just that looks. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm wearing it right now. Yeah. Um, those are just funny things to me. Uh, but in terms of the animation, um, did you have any thoughts like that or kind of what were you thinking?
1: I think, I think this is one of those ones where it's super interesting where you're starting to see, and I don't think it's necessarily a negative, but you start to see it where it's like, I feel like toy Story's world since it's just, since they've already kind of played in that playground, they kind of get it a little bit more. Um, and this was them kind of like, like all the environments similar to good dinosaur where it's like all the environments look very, like the road looks like the road texture and everything looks very realistic like even like the shots of like the cars on the highway it's like that looks crazy Mm -hmm. um but of course the characters and some of the things in the world are a little bit more of course fantastical so i think you start to see a little bit of a clash but i don't think that it clashes too much like the good dinosaur where the good dinosaur is very much like oh you just see basically pixar characters on these real environments which is funny um but I think that this is, like you said, they did go a different direction with it, which I appreciate, and you start to see that in, um, honestly, these next three that we have coming up, where they, these next three are all completely different styles, which I think is great, because, you know, Pixar... Um, And I feel like Pixar, even in the public eye, just has a very positive uh, reception and kind of um, reputation in general. But there's always that thing where it's like, oh, it's the Pixar style. It's the Pixar style. It looks like a Pixar movie, that sort of thing. And it's always supposed to be like the Pixar style because they all kind of look. They all have that similar look, but now these next three it's like they're starting to do a lot of different stuff and i appreciate that and it honestly gets me more excited to see which directions they kind of go in the future and i think this was the first time of like um not to say that i think onward is the beginning of this new era of pixar like making it and of course all the other ones were personal stories as well but now you're starting to see where they're giving these directors this kind of spotlight to let them where it's like Dan Scanlon who directed Monsters You and also wrote and direct this one. It's like he lost his dad when he was one year old. And it's like, you can clearly tell that this is a very mm. personal story for him. And then Turning Red is a very personal story. It's like, I don't know much about Luca because I haven't seen it or watched anything. But from what I understand, that's a very personal story as yeah, well. As,
0: as someone who shares the name, uh, very personal story. <laughs> very personal sure. story. It
1: almost, we'll watch it, but maybe autobiographical. We'll see when we get there.
0: Some have said that
1: for yeah, sure. They're wondering if it's based on your real life. But yeah. we'll have to answer those questions when we get there. Um, but overall, like, yeah, this kind of jumpstarts that. Exciting new realm of them trying new things, and uh, honestly, it's like they've already knocked it out of the park so much that I kind of just want them to do some weird stuff. It's like, go out, do some crazy, weird stuff because it's like, who knows what's going to land and what's going to work and be the next huge Pixar movie. But
0: yeah, I mean, we're talking Pixar, just Disney as a whole, but it's just kind of funny because I think that thought um, mirrors kind of just how we feel about the MCU. It's like, we sure. put in the time through up until end game and now post end game it's like man just do something different (laughs) please anything uh so and i think dr strange is definitely a or uh, the sequel is a step in the right direction um for that even but it's just kind of funny how um not that we in with pixar by any means we haven't gotten the same thing over and over because that's not the case but Mm -hmm. um I don't know, you know, is that more on us being like, no, we want different things, or is it more on them for, you know, kind of, yeah, they have their their style and their look, and it keeps, you know, improving, but they've almost hit a point now where it looks so realistic that they're like, oh, are are we almost born, or kind of. You know, just kind of boring now mm-hmm. that it looks so real. You know what I mean? That's well, kind I feel of an like interesting thought. That's the that's imagine why being I,
1: so good at your job that people are like,
0: "Oh, this stinks."
1: So I mean, they like, were what? already doing that in two thousand three <laughs> with Finding Nemo. They said, "All right, scale it back, scale it back. Yeah, it looks not too kidding. good." Not um, but it's
0: honestly, same energy as Incredibles, where they're like, "Go, go, go! Slow, it down, down! Slow, slow come down. back, back, back! <laughs> to second place, second place!" Yeah,
1: I feel like that's what Pixar is going to be doing the whole time because they're always kind of at the forefront of all that stuff. Um, But that's why Soul is interesting, because you get the realistic, but then you also get kind of the, it's like 50-50 with the whole... um, With Crystal Ball? With Crystal Ball, for sure. Um, But, uh, (laughs) yeah, man, I feel like what it ends up being is just as, you know, fans of movies and things like that, especially when you start just watching so many of them, and it's like, we're watching movies every week, multiple movies every week, where it's like, some people maybe watch you know one or two a month and other than that they're rewatching ones so it's like i feel like just when you've seen so many you just crave something new in general um so i feel like we're just entering that phase for sure when i completely agree with you though with the mcu and with pixar but it's like i just find myself craving that more and everything where it's like i just want something new well that's kind of anytime i unique. ask
0: myself that i'm like am i just is this you know bleeding in over to uh, you know my mcu thoughts to other things I don't know. You know, I think that's interesting. I think you could dive in in. everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could dive in a little bit more, uh, that sort of thing for sure. And
1: you definitely find yourself in phases where of the stuff that you're wanting to consume, whether that's, you know, more broad, like I want to watch something funny or I want to watch something serious, but also, Oh, I want to play games. or I want to binge a TV show. I want to, uh, and I just find myself more and more just craving new experiences, I guess. And when you see movies over and over again that, you know, Oh, they're good, but it's kind of like this movie or it's kind of like that movie. Then it's not, it doesn't quite hit the same as when you see something, you're like, well, oh, I never saw anything like that before. Um, and that's just kind of where I feel like at least I'm mentoring for sure is just craving those new experiences when it comes to the, um, you know, the movies and stuff, especially movies. Cause that's kind of what I consume the most of, but, um, and hopefully even Disney Animation, we'll see what they're going with, but that's why Into the Spider Verse stuck out so much was because it was something new, um, and I feel like that's why maybe this movie doesn't. Because I feel like they definitely could have took it to the next level with it, but it does kind of play it safe in some regards. Sure, um, but I like it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just one thing that you watch and you're like, I mm, wish they could have, you know, full sent on this kind of uh, setting. Because once again, I think that Pixar creates a a world that i think is uh like i'm just like i wouldn't mind revisiting this world again but based on box office numbers and stuff we'll see but it's always it's always fascinating how they always tend to do that where they always are just like oh here's this nice fantastic and it's like people are praising like avatar and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and i completely get that because that's you know realized in a whole new way Um, but pretty much 90 percent animated which when are we having that discussion, you know? Um, but uh, <laughs> they're going to say, what? This they is it can't win Best Picture. <laughs> what the
0: fuck? No.
1: Um, <laughs> but Pixar is always creating those worlds or those settings that are just so fascinating. And I think they're just so, like, detail-oriented as well, where it's like, everything kind of has that old timey font to it in the world. Totally. It's like, even on the phones that they have, it has like the old school uh, icons for certain things. Like it's like sp- instead of speaker form speaker, it's like the horn, like the Viking horn or whatever. It's like, that's freaking great. And it's just those small things that maybe people won't even notice. It's like subconsciously they are, and Pixar knows that. So they just kind of build this world from every single possible angle. And I think it would be fun to just kind of be one of those person that's kind of on detail crew. It's like go in and kind of add little things around the world to get make sure that you can... Uh, to just make it feel lived and make it feel fully realized, you know. And I, I guess ca- that's the word for it—is fully realized.
0: I just it is funny because uh, honestly, on a second viewing, you kind of know the beats of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, or, and maybe just on a recent reviewing because it's only been you know a year yeah, probably, yeah. since I've seen it. So it's not like uh, you know I'm rewatching mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc. and it's like who knows how long. So I catch myself you know when the scenes in the kitchen. I'm like, what little? What's their kitchen look like? You know, what do they mm-hmm. got? And it's funny that that's the stuff I'm looking at. It's like, Jesus, I'm sitting there looking at the fucking utensils on the mm-hmm. counter, and I but some <laughs> but
1: someone had a place there. Yeah, that's, and that's what's the crazy. thing
0: is, it's like that's what makes it feel lived in. So I just I think that those little things tell a lot about a person, mm-hmm. um, and you know, to we need that you know in movies. So I don't know, it's just kind of funny the things you notice on a rewatch or that you just catch yourself drifting off looking at. Sure. Um, were there any of those for you or was there any like, uh, I don't want to say plot holes, but was there,
1: I feel like even watching it, we're saying things and it's like,
0: eh, what that of, you know? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I think like what just stands out to me the most is like you said, those small little things that when your eyes just start to wander in the frame where, um, like all the patches on, uh, his uh like denim jacket or denim vest it's like all those like there's hades and there's i think there's something that says roll for something or like it's like all those small things i'm like eating up and then especially when he knocks on the kitchen table and you see like kind of how that game is laid out and you're like oh yeah dude it's just you see d20s and stuff all over the place i think that's great i think um even uh the desk when he's like listened to his and you have like that photo board and stuff it's like someone had to go in and put decide what's up on there i think everything just kind of for the most part setting wise and stuff like that works for me i just think that um in terms of stuff that stands out in terms of like eh, it's like of course there's things where it's like i and it's funny because it's just one of those i mean we're talking about a movie that it literally involves the entire world of fantasy sure. and magic but it, I feel like this is becoming a trope now for me, but it's like with the highway stuff. <laughs> oh. It's like once you start putting other people in ri- at risk, I'm like, this is kind of getting Because, <laughs> well, honestly, you honestly, know Honestly,
0: put other people
1: at risk. Did you see that highway they're, when they're trying to merge? a nightmare. That's horrible that that's completely realistic. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but here's the thing, and honestly, you know what it is mm. and what kind of helps ground scenes like that, who's really good at it, is Sam Raimi you show the civilians reacting to what's happening and it helps kind of ground the scene and makes it believe like more believable. instead totally. of just locking in the perspective where it's like, dude, other people on the highway would be freaking out at this person, literally swerving in and out and the arms sticking out. It's like, just give me a couple cutaways of, and then that gives you some fun to like, Oh, what race are you putting in this car? Okay. Uh, we'll do an ogre in this one. We'll do, it's like, you could do a whole bunch of different stuff, but it, So like small stuff like that. And I hate that it's becoming a recurring thing with these cars and these Pixar movies where it's like cars in general, (laughs) the movie. Mm -hmm. And then you get the finding Dory and the, even toy story four with the whole van and stuff like that. I'm like, what are we doing with these cars, man? We got to chill out. We're putting other people at risk and we're not showing how they're at risk. We're just Mm -hmm. kind of ignoring that. Um, and I feel like that just kind of takes me out more so than anything, but, um, overall i think that like i said i think that the whole world feels very fully realized and that's why it's like whether it's with the brothers or somewhere else in the world it's like i would definitely like to revisit it maybe there's there's something for a disney plus show if pixar is really looking for stuff to contribute that it's like the monsters Inc thing maybe didn't work so well because nothing can top monsters Inc, but it's like you could maybe make a show that in the Onward universe that did you captures watch that, that magic. Show? No, I didn't. But I heard that it's kind of mid, mid. Mm. And it's not about me. Mike and Sully. They're just in it. They're just in it. It's like there's just workers. It's like an office. They,
0: they did the fucking. They did the last season of Scrubs.
1: Well, I mean, it makes sense. I think that you don't want to do Mike and Sully for a TV show. Make it about honestly how I would have done it. And it's weird because they pitched it as, like, this is Pixar's first TV show, but it was kind of, like, this offshoot animation studio that was working on it, so I don't necessarily... Like, Pixar wasn't really involved. But I would have done it, like, The Office. Like, I would have had shot it, like, animation style, but have it, like, where people are interviewing people at Monsters, Inc., and you follow, like, this group oh, of really? new recruits, which I I think it is, is that it's new recruits coming in, mm-hmm. and, like, they're learning how to do the job and stuff like that, except they play it, like... How a movie would play out was like, nah, dude, shoot it like a, a workplace sitcom that everyone loves, except it's set in Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's your million dollar idea, and they squandered it. You
0: know what's crazy to me that it just wasn't more
1: successful than
0: the it was. Muppets thing, yeah, dude, I know exactly. Was, We're w- on the same wave. I watched it, and I was like, this is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. God, the world let me down once again, man. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's tough because I agree. I think that idea is genius. It's.
0: Dude, that show, anyway, um, I don't know, on a rewatch, it's like I just catch myself thinking about really silly things. Like I'm just sitting there, I'm like, okay, dad's got half a bob now. Uh, How the hell, you know, okay, so is he comprehending anything? Obviously, you know, like he'll go up and tap their foot. So he's like, okay, I know that you're there, but it's like he can't hear them. Right, so they put the dog thing on him, so they can But I don't know. There's just I catch myself wandering and thinking so much. It's like, man, what is that guy's day like? You know, he's just feet. Yeah. So it's like, is he experiencing just, any of this? Just spatial but awareness. Then, but then you get the moment of him dancing, and they say, "Oh, he feels the vibrations." But then he leaves the. He van, gets out of the car. So then I'm like, so can he hear it, or does he? feel it or and these are the things that's like uh, this is obnoxious that this no, is what yeah, i'm thinking yeah. about but honestly i'm like because the whole time i'm like okay so they they're talking to him can he i don't know you know i don't the, i don't
1: think he can hear yeah. i but th- i agree there is that one point where he gets out of the van but maybe the music loud enough where he still feels the reverberations and the my thing is it's like are they pulling this guy from the afterlife and bringing him back and right now he's kind of living the uh what's her name i'm forgetting her name it's terrible but the person that's blind and deaf living that kind of life for however long 23 hours it takes to give him his full body and Mm -hmm. then it's like now he gets his full body and he can he's there for like a minute you know that's what's more interesting to me is it's like are they pulling this guy from the afterlife like is there this afterlife but it's like and uh, that's kind of my thing. And it's like, I feel bad where no, I guess, spoilers for No Way Home in a way. But it's like everyone's kind of thinking through the logistics of Doctor Strange's spell. And it's like, when did this happen? It's like, it's magic, guys. Magic doesn't exist. Like, it's like, it's magic. Just let it happen. I don't see people questioning stuff that happens in lord of the rings because i know some of that it's like a soft magic system it doesn't have super strict rules like stuff can just happen because it's magic totally um but i agree i find myself thinking about some of that stuff but overall i think that they that is one of the highlights in the movie for me is i think that a lot of the comedy that they do with just having legs i think plays really well especially when they get like the when they get the upper half yeah definitely goes to
0: a different level I love
1: for some reason it always gets me. I think it's just genius when like the pixies are like, "Hey, what are you looking at?" and he kind of does that thing. Oh, yeah. I think that's genius. Whoever came up with that, the storyboards and everything, it's like you're a genius cuz that hits every time. Insane thing when they stop his body, mm-hmm. but it's like the top half and then his bottom half falls but then they catch it. It's like like small stuff like that's like someone had to think about that. That's people take that stuff for granted or it's like that's a that's a clever little, you know, action not even a set piece, but a little action moment. That's just adds so much to the movie and kind of keeps everything going. Um, but I mean, it's magic. I guess that's the best thing to Mm -hmm. say is who knows how it works.
0: Yeah. I think for me, you know, more than that, that's just me going off, just sitting there thinking about all kinds of random things. I think it's more when he gets out of the car is when I'm like, so he's just, he's just feeling it. Now he's just improvising. Um, But doesn't he even go over and try and get them to dance with?
1: Well, I think I think like it's just the spatial awareness. Like I think that he can sense that there's a problem.
0: I swear to God, I'm going in my head. I'm like, well, I saw Ray, and in Ray he has some special shoes where he's feeling all kinds of things. That's why he doesn't need a cane, as he's got, you know. And I'm like, so is it like echolocation? I swear to God, I'm sitting there thinking all this stuff. I didn't smoke or nothing. I'm like, what is going on with me? Um, But more than even the dad stuff. When, he, when they kind of get in their argument at the end and go their separate ways before the big climax, that might be the thing where I'm just like, you really think that, you know, you made it? Yeah, you technically went in a circle, but I feel like with the multiple ravens leading to, oh, here's a tunnel, you know, that leads, let's follow the water. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they go all the way, and it's just like, there's no way that you go through that, and you go through traps. You go through multiple traps. A fucking gelatinous cube. That's not just like a normal Indiana Jones trap. It's like that's something fitting for the game that they're literally, that he's riffing off of. Yeah immediately after that they can't find what they're looking for so he's like oh, you
1: blew it well you know what i think it and a I'm combination like, of it is what? too though it's because it is really getting down to the wire like at that point they have like what 15 minutes left or whatever so it's like i think in his mind he's like i can't believe that there is more to do like it's like he would much rather have it just be at the mountain and it's like oh we needed to go, go to the mountain and it we would have had it but now it's like they've spent 20 22 hours 23 hours following this trail and then it gets them and they have 15 minutes left to finally get it done and then it's like we have another thing that we have to do he's like i cannot believe this the stupid game that you like has led us down this path that is just endless quests and missions and whatever the heck and now we're not even going to be able to do it. And I think it's just a combination of all that stuff. And I think it probably could have been played out a little bit better instead of him just saying that. But I think that's what it ends up being is he's like, I can't believe that. The- it's just not. It's like we literally went through a death gauntlet. It should be right here and it's not. And it's like, why is there another puzzle to solve? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just the frustration built up. But it leads to that great moment, which I think is such a good well, payoff. Well, that's the thing of-
0: is it sets up like the big moment of the movie. I just think that could have been a little yeah. cleaner. Rather than like, oh, man, why did we listen to you the whole day? It's like, well, what are you talking about? You lit- Literally, right until the moment of you guys getting on the street, you're following the right path. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you. I feel like you could connect those dots. But I don't know. Like, to me, it's like, yeah, there's 15 minutes left. If anything, it's like, okay, well, it's not what we originally thought, but it's got to be around here. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought it would be like, you're just go time because sure. there's 15 minutes left rather than, and then walk away, and you're just sitting there with him for the remaining f- however long you have left. I think I
1: think it also is just a play on the fact that, um, of course, his brother's just like, all right, well, now we get another fun little thing to do. He's like, this isn't fun. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't like, okay, now there's a next step. It's like, we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. And w- this is like, and he, he kind of has been that the whole thing. where It's like he almost feels like he's not even though he cares maybe even more, but it's like he's always wheeling it back. But it's like he thinks, and you kind of get that throughout the whole thing where it's like he just views his brother as thinking like everything's a game. Mm -hmm. And that's why maybe he hasn't done anything with his life is he just views it as a game. (laughs) And I think that not even like a nihilist, but more of a realist is, what is it, Ian? He's more of a realist than uh, Barley. And that's when the kind of rift, but I agree it could have probably been you know, give that, you know, more of a discussion than just the storm-off moment. Um, but I think how they handle the following thing with the whole list and everything, I think that is such... I know that they were happy with how that came together because that is such beautifully That's woven so good into. that, it,
0: like, it could have start Like, that whole thing could have started with that initial idea of, like, yep. boom. Okay, well, yep. we got this. Let's yeah, build around exactly, it. Exactly,
1: exactly. That's how strong the ending of the movie and is. And then what a choice to have it so that... He not doesn't even, you don't even get to hear the conversation.
0: Well, they, that's, that is directing right there. That's great. That is storytelling That is great. His finest.
1: And then, yeah, the whole, he told me that to give you this as well. And it's the I'm hug. sitting there, I'm all. But also shouts at like, what's the mom doing? Help your son out of this pit that She's he fell like, into. She's like,
0: man, that's tough.
1: <laughs> guess i just got a stand here she's like
0: i just fought a fucking dragon well yeah I'm, maybe she's tired Yeah, maybe, <laughs> she's, maybe
1: she's tired after all that which i guess is fair mm. but that was something that struck me i was like you're you actually saw what happened that he's in this if anything i would have thought that he was dead because all this debris fell around him totally but like i think that even how it all comes together in terms of using all the magic at the end is super cool and how it becomes more fast paced and he's just using the spells like willy nilly i think that they like i truly think that they it the third act is really great and it kind of it's great in the sense that it's like it really ties the whole movie together but then also you're like man imagine if the other two like this would have been an s tier pixar movie like it's like if the other two were just as good but what are you gonna do
0: yeah i don't know you know do i don't know i mean he I'm trying to think of what that would even look like, and it's like I don't know, I don't know.
1: I think they did what they wanted to do with it and have a fun fantasy adventure that ends with a tale of brothers and
0: that sort of connection. Regardless, it's a thumbs up. Yeah, you. No, I agree. I walked away completely satisfied customer, and it's just I just couldn't help but think, you know, it's like, man, I bet this literally kills some people. Oh yeah. Like, this has got to be so brutal for anyone who's lost a parent. Um, man. But that's the thing is it's, it's kind of a story for them. So I just watch it and I'm like, wow, this is – well, anything with dad stuff yeah, kills me. But um, it affects me so much, and I, I, I'm lucky enough to not have to deal with that yet. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that have, Yeah, and I just think about – It just puts a smile on my face, you know, because there's so many examples of movies and just any form of art where it's like, yeah, I absorb it and take what I, you know, like or get from it. But it's kind of a cool thing when it's like I can appreciate something and know that there's a different audience that appreciates it a thousand times. It's honestly similar is like I didn't love Dunkirk, but like I went and it's like, yeah, Dunkirk's great. But, like, I feel Can like people, imagine, yeah. that's what I mean. It's, like, people who were, like, in the service and had to go through some of that stuff. Yeah. It's, like, I bet
1: Dunkirk is, like. Like, history buffs that's and what. I, like
0: yeah, that. I bet that's, like, wow. And it's just one of those things where, I, maybe that was a bad example because I just, you know, picked a war movie. No, but, but I, think, I, I think. I You know, you think anything. Same I guess, energy. Yeah, I'm thinking of just a universal thing, you know, where I wasn't the target audience, but the fact that I know that there is somebody who this is really going to resonate with them. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, I think that even for me, it's like going in, it's like, I expected something about the dad and it's like, that still plays like a big part, but it's way more about the brother connection. And I think that's what surprised me as I wasn't expecting that to be like the main point of the movie was that like, you just have this brother with you the whole time. And even though that's why it kind of connected a lot more for me as well. Um, But it's like, even though we still had both of our parents, and honestly, they were great parents. So it's like, there's nothing there where someone needed to fill that void. It's just kind of the last bullet point that he had where it says, share my life with him. It's like, that's such a great line to just illustrate like a good brotherly bond which i think it's like it is such a rare gift to have another person in your life that especially if you are close in age it's like you're literally kind of growing up with this person and you will always have some form of connection with them whether you talk every day or whatever and i think that's what like how everything kind of led up to that line even if you kind of think about that and it is like is that how you would have written it in the notebook when you say like basically talk about my life with him like share my life. it's like you might not have wrote that exact thing but it's like you had to have it written that way in order for it to land and I don't care that it may not be exactly what a person would have written to illustrate that point but i think like landing at that just perfectly encapsulates having um a brother and things like that which really kind of resonated for me but in like i said i didn't even lose a parent i have you know great parents that did a good job raising me and things like that but it's still just that small little aspect of it. And that's why Pixar movies are so great is you can always find something in them that you tie to your life. They, they are just so good at nailing the human experience through stuff that is so fantastical or otherworldly, which I think is what makes them so great. And that's why I think Onward is definitely a worthy Pixar movie. Cause I feel like that's what it ends up being more so than, is it a great Pixar movie? It's like, is it worthy to have the name Pixar in front of it. And I do think that onward is one of them where there's some that we've already maybe have discussed on this podcast that I don't necessarily think, but I think onward definitely is a worthy Pixar movie.
0: Totally. Like I would, it's a movie I would suggest to almost anyone. Um, you know, I guess I think about it and with some of these movies, we talk about how the adult themes kind of creep in and how, you know, that's the great thing is cause kids love them. Adults love them. But I think there's some of these that the through line is so broad and so, you know, just for everyone. I I don't think it has to be split adult versus child. I think it can just be interpreted by anyone. And I feel like this is kind of one of those ones. Like I I would say, um, like if Inside Out is more like, yeah, you get a little older and you're dealing with growing up and emotions and different things. You know, that's more for an older audience. Whereas cars is something that's kind of, you know, for just a younger kid who sure. it's like, you know, there is nothing to really think about. There's a lesson Sp- to be learned. Get specifically humble a little bit. Yeah. In that one, it's like, no, don't think about it too hard. Please. Please. 9 11 <laughs> uh, did happen. D- dude, I, I
1: saw something <laughs> else too that I forgot. I forgot. Oh, it was in Radiator Springs. It's like, why are there sidewalks? <laughs> sidewalks would have never needed to be invented. <laughs>
0: Man, brutal. <laughs> but that but, that adds to the theory that it's post-apocalyptic. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> Onward is just one of those ones that I think is, it doesn't, oh, I, I wouldn't say just for kids. I think it's it's that one that kind of encapsulates everyone. And... Obviously, that's the goal for all of these movies, but I don't know. It's just kind of funny to me where, you know, I sit there and, you know, when we first started doing this podcast, one of the questions I would say is, you know, what age do you think that the target audience is, or just specifically, is there a certain age? And this is just one of those ones where I I don't know if I'd have an answer. You know, I might lean a little younger because I think it would be real easy to do this sort of story and then do the thing where you show how much mom has stepped up. Mm -hmm. You know, without having a, because that could have been the movie itself. Is that, yeah. Um, but we focus more on the brothers and how you know that brother did kind of fill that void. And it's it's a great twist too, in the sense that he is, I wouldn't say annoying,
1: but he can get there a little yeah. bit. It's like he's likable, but a little too much of it. But then it's almost like it kind of puts the whole movie back into perspective, where you're like, oh, that's why he is that way, as he does want to help raise this person and be that person for his brother and sometimes you overstep the boundaries just like parents can do Mm -hmm. sometimes and you Mm kind of just gotta let them breathe a little bit like that
0: that all is handled so well Mm -hmm. that i i don't know i just sit there and i smile and i'm like man they they got it man yeah they got
1: it they know what they're, they're good storytellers over there man and i agree where it's like like kids can just watch this and it is like a fun fantasy adventure there's lots of you know funny creatures and stuff to see lots of great effects on screen things like that where it's like younger audiences for sure will just get a kick out of that part but then it's like people with you know that have that familial experience family there's a lot of family um, values and stuff in this movie and it's like parents can get if they have children can view it like that it's like brothers can view it this way people that have lost someone doesn't even need to be a father just lost someone can view that just can you imagine the driving force of i can get it's right here it almost worked i can get them back for a day it's like yeah they they always honestly for the most part they always do a good job of kind of putting in a little bit of each of that in their movies that kind of um and i feel like that's why they're the best in this term in this sector of animated movies, it's like Pix there's a reason why people every you everyone compares the three D animated movies to Pixar. There's a reason why.
0: If they did say that there was gonna be another onward movie, where would you where do you would you expect the the story to go? And how far in the future would it be set?
1: Um I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday. If and if it was focused on the Lightfoots, I think their name is I just go it where it's like he's entering college, but that means once he uh, passes the age of 18, there's this magic force or whatever that tries to recruit him, and then who is better to be a consultant for that than Barley, so then you get that whole thing, and then they can go on some adventure. What the lesson would be, what the values would be, I don't know. I need more time to sit at the whiteboard and figure that one out. But I think you could definitely do some cool stuff because for sure there would have to, I mean, he's using magic just out in the open. That wouldn't go unnoticed by the, whatever the governing body is for Well, long
0: you know, time. it's funny. We were watching and I just leaned over and I'm like, go-
1: government totally uses magic. Oh, his universe. that's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> Honestly,
0: I, that's one of those funny things. It's like, and that's, you know, that could be a podcast in itself is that discussion. But it's like you just look at why people stopped using magic, and I'm like, man, this world is way too cheap to to give up on, you know, not to say that it's free to use magic, but, you know, people are using electricity. Well, if you think things, about it, it's, it's like more it the is, convenience. It is the convenience, yeah, but I think that in terms of those little, that thing called cash, mm-hmm. you know, when that becomes a factor, I think that real fast people would – result or you know turning back to magic and that sort of thing
1: well they also have that interesting layer of it too where it's like not everyone can use magic yeah so then then you get a weird power structure where it's like the people that can use magic have power over the people that don't because they control the resources and stuff so maybe it's best that they were able to invent some stuff on their own but that like that's what i'm saying like it's a cool universe that kind of exists that they made and it's probably one of those things where it's like they probably didn't think like i don't want to discredit them where it's like they don't give like they probably don't know what the governing bodies are and things like that necessarily maybe a brief idea but it's like you can start to have those discussions and stuff because they did create such an interesting premise and setting for um their story Um, but honestly it's like give me give me a a show of ian kind of going through wizard training and then like imagine if it was like Like, cause there's a lot of D and D settings and stuff like that, where it is like the adventuring school and stuff like that. Imagine if that's what they called it is they came up with some weird acronym that was basically like party, like something like the D and D party. And it's like people go and they train to help and go and do these, like defend against monsters and stuff like that. And it's like, Ian goes to be a wizard and then Barley goes and learns to be a fighter or something. And it's like, they're trying to, there's your show on Disney plus guys.
0: Literally. Man, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Why don't we do a separate pod where we just come up we with our We just pitch own. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can point back to it and say, Man. no, no,
1: no, give us credit, please. <laughs> yep. Mm. Will never happen.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Mm. One of these is going to hit.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure the right person listens. They're like, at least they have some sort of creative oh, ideas. Yeah, they in their know. Brain. They know. They know for sure. One thing that I did want to point out is, uh, I, uh, I watched a video that was interesting, and I wish it was for more of Pixar movies, but it was the cinematographers breaking down how they shot the movie. Mm. And I was like, well, this is fascinating. And it's as fascinating as you think it's only like a nine minute video or something. What's
0: up with that, man. Why aren't those? Like, there's so many of those on Disney, but it,
1: they're all like they're all under short. 10 minutes. They're it's all like, like what short. The sh- but it's interesting because I'm starting to see a pattern with these Pixar movies where they have like a lighting DP. And they have like a camera DP. Mm. So then it's both of them talking about how they did it. And um, they like, it's such a fascinating thing where it's like, once again, they do not get the credit that they deserve because now they're dealing with stuff that you don't have to deal with in real life, where it's like they talk about Ian and like his big nose. And it's like, you can't use harsh light on Ian because then it will put a shadow on his other face just because of how his character model is. So it's like every time he's lit, it's like with soft light. And then it's like they came up with two different camera uh, styles for each of the brothers whenever they're in the focus. So it's like they have Order, which is for Ian, and then they have Chaos when it's for Barley. So it's like with – I think his name's Ian, right? It's like he's shot at 40 and 50 millimeter only. It's always, you know, very stable. It's usually locked down or it's like on a moving thing. And then with – Barley, it's either steady cam, shoulder mount, that type of stuff. And it's like it can go from wide to whatever. It just there's no real rhyme or reason to it because he's just kind of go with the flow and kind of okay, what what are we doing now? And he always kind of uh intersects some sort of chaos to it. So they always talked about like how they would balance those two things and I thought it's like they were given so much thought about this and people don't even think about cinematographers for animated movies, which is such a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. But then like some of the things that they're thinking about too where it's like you you gotta think about every single facet where they're like talking about the magic, specifically the spell, when they're bringing the dad back, and it's like, at first they had it red, and they're like looks like this is dangerous it looks like this is going to burn them more so than some magical thing so you're more worried for them in terms of are they going to burn down the house and it's like that's not the vibe that they wanted for it at all so that's why they decided to give most of the magic like blue Mm. so then it feels like there's no real harm here unless you misuse it it's like this is more of like a magical effect that's existing in the world more so than it's like they thought about all this stuff. Well, and it's that's like they have you know, to that's a funny thought, of just that.
0: because obviously you know we've seen blue flames before as yeah, well yeah. too. So you know just to balance that and mm-hmm. stuff, it's like, those like are, y- it's just those what is, it's man, what the that's com- the that's the problems I want to have in life. Yeah. me sitting there, I'm like ah, the fire we came yeah, up exactly, with that work exactly, exactly orange, and then they wanted it to be blue <laughs> exactly. Oh, like wow, having those discussions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's
1: like that's what they you know you work your way up to get paid for answering those questions. But it's like they they know what they're because like the way this movie' is lit and everything is great, too. Like the one thing that always stands out to me is when they do get off and do the dance break, but it's like that vending machine and it has like that red light oh, yeah. and the red lights on Ian and then it's backlighting barley. It's like I mean, this that's, is great. To
0: me, it's like whenever they're in a car, specifically on the highway, you're just passing so mm-hmm. many things. there's so many different forms of light shining in through other. It's just like oh, I mean, what do you even say?
1: So more, that's the lesson of this episode. I feel like we've each, each episode, we're always shouting out something like in the Toy Story thing. We're like, oh, designing the fabric and stuff like that. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, shouts out to animated cinematographers. Not enough love. Because they, it's like, especially now with the tech that they have, especially at Pixar stuff, it's like, they're choosing lenses, they're choosing cameras, they're choosing dollies, cranes, they're choosing all that type of stuff, of course, simulated, but it's like, they still have to think about it and make Hell the choice, yeah, Hell yeah they which do. is basically once you get to a certain, and of course, do not want to discredit like cinematographers that work on these big movies, but it's like, once you get a certain budget, really what it turns into as a cinematographer is you're just making the decisions. It's like most of the time someone else is operating the camera or they're bringing in the lights. It's like you're just deciding where to put them. That's just what the animators are doing is they're deciding where to put the lights, what lens they're going to use, what camera they're going to use. Same principles apply. But uh, maybe a fourth of the credit. Mm. Not even that.
0: Honestly, I've had a pretty sour taste in my mouth ever since you said the avatar thing. and I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh.
1: It's the most expensive animated movie ever made, but you'll never have that conversation. I'm going to throw up on the mic. Mm. Just because there's like, you know, a couple. Yeah, it's because whenever they cut to the live action stuff, it sucks. (laughs) 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 I'll say it. (laughs) All All the animated elements are the best part of the first one, at least. We'll see about the second one. But, yeah, man, no one will talk about that. And that's funny. Like think about it. It's weird to think about, but it's like they're using the same basic tech that Polar Express and Monster House used. Except worse. <laughs> <laughs> worse story. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about. Hey, I'm not I'm not here to I don't want to get the Avatar haters on me, but it and I I saw a little bit on Twitter, but it's like it will never break into the mainstream where it's like it is so funny that literally probably 80% of that movie. No, like when I'm saying ninety nine, no, it's like eighty percent of that movie is gonna be CG animated, and yep. no one's gonna talk about like they're gonna say, "Oh, it looks so great." It's like you're watching an animated movie. You're watching an animated movie. Come on now, fuck.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because then you bring up the discussion of like uh, the all the Disney. Uh, well, they I don't even you can't really call them live act. Well. I think about the Lion King. That's the one that's kind of interesting. That's an animated movie, a hundred percent, but done worse
1: (laughs) with a bigger budget. That's what sucks about it.
0: It's tough, man. It's a tough sight. And then they say, "Oh yeah, made a billion dollars. Thanks, guys."
1: Yeah, we're doing a sequel, and Barry Jenkins is taking time to do man. Well, Well, I mean, of course you trust. of course you trust Barry Jenkins. But it's like I'd much rather see him cook somewhere else because that man is literally one of the best directors working right now. I'm
0: just mad that they got his uh, his ass too. You know.
1: Hey, here's the thing, is honestly, I respect it. He's young. It's like you do one How old there. What is Barry Jenkins? I think he's maybe, maybe 40. Okay. Like I'll I'll look it up right now. But it's like you do that and you're kind of set to just direct, you're set for the rest of your career in terms of you can direct your movies now for I the mean, rest Jesus,
0: of the your Jesus, the dude made Moonlight. What more's a motherfucker gotta yeah, do? Yeah,
1: sure. But Moonlight was made for a nickel, bro. And his I, next I mean, movie get was that. made for barely any more. It's like that's the thing, is people are only throwing these big budgets to that's why something like i honestly, mean best pick hello that's why something like some, something like avatar is kind of cool where it's like sure the it isn't an ip at this point but it is it's like this is a unique world you know we're getting this has a huge budget that sort of thing but it's like people aren't throwing these huge budgets and getting fat paychecks for these original ideas that much anymore so but yeah you won best picture And clearly, he's won so many awards, he's clearly one of the best directors working right now.
0: I mean, that's not up for debate at all.
1: Like, I truly, like, he's... Honestly, um, he's 42. Honestly, like, his style and everything, I think is just money... I kind of jealous uh, that he's that he can just cook that easily. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Well, I wouldn't say easily, but No, but like,
1: like, like it seems that's the thing is it seems so effortlessly. That
0: that honestly
1: that's a great way yeah, to describe it's it. It's like he shows up and it's like you just get transported. What a vibe. <laughs> you yeah, get man. transported. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. But that's what's we'll see how it all pans well, out. Maybe maybe we'll get our wish and maybe it's like the the monkey's paw, where we're finally wishing. We're wishing for an animated movie to win best picture. It's about to be Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> it's the monkey's paw over again.
0: We're gonna have well honestly, we're gonna have the moonlight situation all over again. Because they're gonna give it the Avatar 2, but then the night of they're gonna be like, oh wait, this is animated.
1: Babylon. Uh win win. <laughs> no, what if they say Babylon? they go up and it happens again to my man and they say sorry avatar you guys oh, won best picture why would you say that that's what's going to happen
0: don't no hell no dc everything's cool your movie's going to rip guess what we're going to be there opening day easy uh and guess what Babylon, best pick let's go no
1: i think at this point i'm pulling just so i can say an animated movie one and yeah. that it sets precedent but we'll see i got to see both of these movies and here's the thing, as you can tell, not really a huge fan of Avatar 1, but we'll see. I'm more, like, honestly, that's the thing that I'm more interested in is just watching this, like, how they cook with this tech and with this, like, how all that looks. Because it's, like, even with the trailer that they dropped, it's like, man, they are.
0: When did you watch Avatar 1?
1: Uh, I didn't watch it in theaters, but.
0: See, that's kind of how I, that, that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm going I'm going to in September when they yeah, release it. Yeah, so we'll yeah, see. And yeah. I, well, it's just, I don't know. And I haven't watched it since I watched it that one time. So honestly, I've forgotten a lot of stuff about it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of going in and seeing how I feel.
0: I would, I'd like to, because I shit, I haven't watched Avatar and mm-hmm. I don't know how long, you know. And yeah. if it doesn't have the last airbender in there, then I'm not watching that shit.
1: Yeah, I also dislike that they're going with the way of the water or whatever. We got to separate this more from Avatar. We can't have, because guess what? Every time I say Avatar, You're going to have to say, instead of being like, oh, yeah, I love that. It's like, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about Last Airbender. Whenever I say Avatar, just assume that, unless I say it's the blue people one. Mm -hmm. Then I'm talking about the other one. But for everyone else, it's the other way around, and that pisses me off. Yeah, that's whack, man. Speaking of, they are working on a movie, the Avatar people. I like that. That turns me on a little bit. Well, they made a whole studio just for I knew that. And the first project that they're working on is a movie. Fingers crossed. It's cookage. Wow. <laughs> like I don't even know where they're gonna go with it. Whether it's gonna be with Cora or Ang or like a new whole thing. We'll see.
0: Forgive me if you can hear this, guys, but I'm kind of drilling on the mic right <laughs> now.
1: Mm. Just to talk about animation. That's killer. Yeah. And that's on a freaking kids' TV show budget. Yeah. There is so much disrespect. <laughs> Look uh, what these guys. Well, people. It's funny because people bring up like Arcane, which you still need to watch, but it's like that was like a big deal, where it's like. Look at look at what's possible in animation. All this stuff. It's like, yeah, anim. uh, Arcane is beautiful. Like the animation is crazy. The art style is incredible. It's like, but guess what? That was like a hundred million dollar budget. Like animated. Like it's like the only movies that see that type of budget are Pixar, Disney. I don't even know if DreamWorks gets up there. It's like that. That's we're talking movie budget for an animated show, Mm -hmm. and it's because. League of Legends is like the freaking biggest game on the planet so they can pump this money into stuff. But it's like, that's one of the reasons why it looks so good. Of course, Netflix it's the- too, right? Kind of, it was like a partnership with, and okay. more of like a distributor. Well, those they
0: all write a blank check for it. But say, I think, honestly, that? I think award season. Absolutely, I Marty. Think Riot, <laughs> Riot,
1: which is the people that made League. I think they funded it themselves. Okay, that's why I think it's an interesting thing, especially with Netflix cutting a lot of their animated stuff. It's not in because Netflix is just the distributor for mm-hmm.
0: it. So is that how? Oh, uh, how? What's the the robots the. Love, uh, Death, Love and Death and, and Ro- yeah, Robots. Yeah. Is that how that works as well? No, I think that
1: is a Netflix that's thing, just Netflix. but it has pull because David Fincher's attached and David Fincher's a big name. So it's like, I think that's oh, why. Really? It,
0: Who's, I've never...
1: Yeah, come on, man. Mank, the director of Mank. You never heard of it? <laughs> you know, I still haven't seen Mank either. Me neither. Man. Did you, did you well, know? Well, it's
0: just, you know it's so funny is it's like, I gotta watch Citizen Kane before I watch Mank. And it's like... I'm not in the mood, but you know what? It's coming, and then when I'm in the mood to watch Citizen Kane, I'm going to throw on Mank after. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what, that was forever ago, and I still haven't watched that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's
1: kind of where I'm at, too, where it's like, I feel like i got to revisit it before I watch it. Well, but it's
0: like Criterion dropped the what is it, 4K, 4K. and it's like, Damn, that didn't even grab me. So I don't know. Maybe it's just... I'll have to get that eventually, because I feel like you have to own... I'm going to have to... It's horrible, because Citizen Kane is literally one of the best movies ever made. And for whatever... It's like, when I watch it, I still enjoy myself a lot. It's like, yeah, it's incredible. I don't know why. you got to be in a mood. To to get in the seat. Man, it might as well be a clockwork orange.
1: i got (laughs) to fucking keep my eye like, no! (laughs) Oh, man. What's up with that? But speaking of Love, Death, and Robots... David 30. Fincher mm-hmm. making animated uh, directorial debut in this season. Are you serious? Mm-hmm.
0: No fucking and way. It's and it's
1: like a monster movie one with like <gasps> a giant at sea crustacean thing. Are you kidding? I'm what? not. Also, I watched the first episode oh, the yeah. other day. Uh, it was the Z- uh, Zeta Blue or Zemo Blue. And it's like the robot with the swimming pool and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And That's was, an interesting one. Well, I was like, that was kind of awesome. But I have only watched the one. So I'm gonna oh, I'm dude, gonna continue. A, oh,
0: man. Some of those rip, man.
1: And what's great about that show, I think, is that it is like there there's, are bite sized yeah, episodes, so you can literally out. like yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like where even Black Mirror, it's kind of like you got to commit to even if you're not feeling an episode, you kind of got to feel it out. Whereas like that, if you're not feeling an episode, it's most likely done in the next two minutes and then you can move on to the next one, which I appreciate. But also it's like, uh, I do like that each of them are its own different style, but sometimes you do want to spend a little bit longer in specific art style. So I wonder if that will kind of deter me from but we'll see. I'm I'm excited to dive into those, and it looks great since so it's a Netflix show. Mm. 4K, Ultra HD, looks beautiful on the Did OLED. you actually
0: hear the news about Season 4? Is that we're going to actually make a couple of the...
1: I heard that, that we each get one. Yeah, that's what I heard, and then one together as well. Well, yeah, I heard it goes, like, Minor Years is the first, yep. and then there's another one in the middle, and then we come together for the finale, and it's the arc that plays over those three... Mm. pretty crazy that, the, hey, you guys are hearing it first. Uh, and um, I think Netflix is hearing it for the first time as well uh, yeah. here, but that's okay. They'll you know, I
0: guess while we're announcing stuff, you know, uh, Brad Bird, Brad thanks for accepting <laughs> coming on the coming pod. on the pod. You know, we, we're really excited. Uh, we just got to schedule that. No, well, Verbal agreement.
1: Yeah, it seems like we're aiming for 2024, 2025, but we have uh, agreed um, in our minds that yep, yep. he yep. will be coming on the pod around then. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. And then Dan Scanlon's actually coming on next week <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to Doug onwards. So shots out. They say, oh man, <laughs> it fell through, but we got Nick Talon here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, let's yeah, There you go.
0: Uh, well, actually, that could be fitting just in the sense that that's who I watched
1: Soul with the last time that I watched yeah, it. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm stoked to revisit oh, that yeah. one. It's been oh, yeah. a while. Yeah. Well, it's been think- a while, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Since I've watched it for the first time, I haven't rewatched it. Mm. And then, of course, the one that I'm most excited for, Luca. I haven't seen it. Last Pixar movie I haven't seen.
0: Last two I haven't seen. And you know what? Maybe more. I'm not. I don't know why. And maybe it's I can feel a little bit of it coming back out. It's like when Nick catches himself and he's like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know." As soon as it's n- it was named Luca and it was spelled the exact same way, my interest went down times a thousand. Why? I don't know. I was just like god damn it a if whole, anything i feel like you'd whole, be more excited a whole generation of lucas on the way no if no. anything what i
1: find i is already fast. got guadadino well, how that, the hell am i supposed to get out of that one that's <laughs> what's so fascinating is it is set in italy and it kind of has that same energy totally. and it's like that's what's weird to me is that it's like it's called luca luca guadadino call me by your name it's like very interesting but it's like what do you want i feel like luca no offense is a common name around those parts. Uh, yeah,
0: so. 100%. So, you know, it's just me being a brat as always. <laughs> uh, but in ter- I, I promise you, in terms of why I haven't watched it, that's maybe at least 13%. <laughs> <laughs> Here's
1: the thing. I can't tell you why I haven't watched it. At a certain point, it became that I'll just wait to watch it for the first time. But... I mean that's not even it's literally available to me at any whim and I just have not watched it. Yep. And I feel bad about it, but we'll we'll rectify that soon.
0: Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Thirteen (laughs) percent it being my name, seven percent me being slightly busy, and then the rest is just I say, oh well, we're gonna. I got a podcast (laughs) actually where we go through uh you know we like to take six month breaks, breaks here and there so but that's why it's taking um, while. we'll get there eventually. yeah we'll
1: get there for sure uh but guess what it's coming right up yeah we're it's kind of surreal to think that we're almost to the end but uh like I, th- I think i said this last time too it's like part of me is sad but also part of me is excited to uh, hop into some more random styles and things like that um
0: Yeah, well, and here's the thing is, guess what? Newsflash, it's not like they're stopping making Pixar movies. Oh, whenever they drop, we're squeezing
1: it into the sketch for sure. Absolutely,
0: so it's like, although, you know, here in season two, it's specifically all the Pixar movies in order, you know, by no means does that mean we're never going to do Pixar movies again. Like, what the hell is that? Of course.
1: No, I say that we also just never watch it until we do a full rewatch again. Just well, like actually, the Luca factor, uh, I like think we just gotta wait till we do season five, which is redoing the Pixar movies. Do we know what number Lightyear is? Um, I think it may be it's twenty fifth, right? Oh my no, twenty six.
0: Well, it's the Endgame thing. So we've watched all these in a row, and then guess what? We gotta wait till there's another twenty six, mm-hmm. and then in that then season we, we watch all of those. I'm
1: down with that. Yeah. So well, we'll see you in uh, 2050. <laughs> I don't know.
0: They pump these they things out too. a lot faster a than they now. used to. So it's we're at
1: least getting two a year. So it's like, I don't know. You know, the real question is: Will the next one after Lightyear be on Disney Plus only, or will it come back to the theaters?
0: Uh, well, if they're clowns, uh, then probably just straight to streaming. But you know, I guess we'll see.
1: They hold up a thing. It's like. Do people recognize these characters? No. Disney Plus, yes. Theaters. God damn. At least I hope that's not the The case. The man always
0: trying to keep us down, man. We'll see. (laughs) (sighs) Well, any final thoughts?
1: No. Onward, I think, once again, like I said, I think the best way to sum it up is it's a worthy Pixar movie. Uh, It deserves a place in the echelon, and I think that – overall just the third act really brings everything together and once again they created a super interesting world an interesting setting that um maybe not super original but also the way they did it was super realized and i wouldn't mind spending some more time in that world
0: well couldn't have said it better pixar you did it again another hot ass mom.